Hello, and welcome to another installment of the Kosher Conversation, a Star K Media production. This is your host, Hanania Jacobson, and with me today is Rabbi Tzvi Rosen, a long-standing Kashrus administrator at Star K. We're going to be talking about Chalav Yisrael. Welcome, Rabbi Rosen. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. So you've been here quite a while now, haven't you? Yes, uh, it's going on to 30 years. Wow. So all your conscious experiences here at the Star K? No, I started actually before and my, uh, my, launched my career in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, and uh, as being a rabbi there. And uh, then uh, for seven years, we did uh, the facilities for the OU, for the Circle K, local, local Kashras, and then from there to the uh, Vadir of St. Louis. And that was on the ground Hashkacha, or that was administrative? On the ground of the Hashkacha. No, not administrative. Basically a field rep, as they call today, a field rep. And then St. Louis, you said? In St. Louis, I was the executive director of the Vadir for four years. Also did some uh, a fair amount of, of field work there. And then from there to the Star K as being the editor of Conscious Currents and to uh, take over some of the responsibilities of, um, of administrating Conscious. I understand you administer a tremendous amount of companies relative to it, someone like me. It didn't, it didn't start out that way. <laughs> Great. So among the many companies you administer, I think one of the uh, shining jewels is Pride of the Farm, where uh, it's a Chalvi Searle operation. So that's why... That's why we're talking today. So just to set the groundwork a little bit, I did a little research to find out what you need for Chav Yisrael. And in Shulchan Aruch, it says like this. It says that you need to check to make sure all the animals on the farm are kosher. Right. And if they're not, you need to watch the entire milking. But otherwise, you can just watch a little bit of the milking. But the, 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 the Jew still needs to see the beginning of the milking process and he needs to make sure, at least, that the buckets are empty. So I can visualize this very well, looking into empty buckets and small herds in, in, in some pastoral scene in a little bit of a, you know, in some small dairy somewhere. But modern dairy farms are tremendous operations with thousands of cows and huge silos. So how does this translate? It translates in the same way. Cows give milk in the exact same way, whether you're milking one cow or 1,700. The difference is the pail has given way to different lines, computerization. They have to wash between the actual milking. There's in, in, in Pride of the Farm, there are three milking sessions. So everything is cleaned, inspected. And as there have five groups of milking, uh, of milking cows, each one, a couple of hundred, Mashkiach is able to go ahead and to, and to eyeball a good couple of hundred uh, cows per uh, per time that he goes to witness the the, the chaliva. He checks the herd every single time to make sure that no horses snuck in. He does. I mean, there are no there are no horses on the uh, farm. There are no horses on the farm, right? Would you give hashgacha to a farm with horses? And the rabbi did not want to when somebody asked us to give a yogurt hashgacha for in the Amish country not that far from us, that they do have horses on, on premises, and the rabbi did not, Rabbi Hanuman did not allow it. Even though we would have had to have uh, That's correct. staff the whole time. Correct. Interesting. Do you know why not? I just felt that that was not uh, going to be a, a good policy to do, to have a, uh, a chaliva in, in, 
in a in, in a farm that had kosher and non-kosher animals. Mm-hmm. So you said there are three milking sessions a day. That's three milking. So how often is that? That's so. One would be ten, six, and two. Ten two in the morning. Yeah, six in the evening, and two a.m. And each e session taking a, a, a goodly uh, number of hours, and then after the section session is over, there is a a, a massive cleanup. And after that cleanup is when the mashkiach goes ahead and checks the lines again to begin the, the next milking session. Mm-hmm. So he has to check the lines that are clean every single time between every single session. He does. Even though it's all holiday Israel, we, we still re- require him to do it. Mm-hmm. Is that halacha or is that a step beyond halacha? I think a step beyond halacha, but that is what... Uh-huh. So... Um, do they empty out the silos every time between each milking? They will empty out the silos when it's time for them to take it to the bottling plant. This particular facility is what they call a producer packager. They're unique. There are only about 12 of them in the United States where they do the actual bottling on premises. Mm-hmm. They, they, they will bottle not every single day of the week. They have holding silos in the bottling facility. And they will then transfer the milk from the they have three holding tanks there. When that holding tank is full, the, the the milk truck will come, pump it off. The mashkiach will follow it to the bottling plant, offload it, and ready for bottling. Mm, so you have the mash, mashkiach with the milk at every single second until it gets into the sealed bottles. Correct. Correct. Okay. Wow. So that sounds like you need a lot of manpower to run this. What? How do you manage that? We have actuals. We actually have. Uh, one mashkiach who lives on premises, who's there for 365 uh, days a year, but it's too much for one mashkiach to be able to to maintain a 24-hour um, regimen. So we have other mashkiach who come in during the morning session so the mashkiach will be able to sleep. Mm-hmm. So he does the night shift and someone else comes in for the day. Correct. Okay, how do you find someone to do that to live there 365 days a year? That is a that 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 is a daunting task, and uh, and but a lot of siyata deshmaya of having someone who's as dedicated as our mashki as our mashkiach. I see. Uh, it's, there's probably a lot of burnout in that job. I would imagine there is. It, it, he's unique. This particular mashkiach has been doing the business for over 25 years, and has not burned out yet. So uh, we've been f- considered fortunate. Very lucky there. You only need one person at a time, or is there ever call for more more people? No, there was one person at a time. The mil- milking kids, we we are not required to sit at the milking parlor per- perpetually. Uh, if you did, and then you'd have something that had someone who had to occupy himself perpetually, you would probably need too much gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is all because it's a fairly small operation relative to, I imagine, the great milkeries of Wisconsin or wherever cows are from. Um, the, the, this is a this is a certain certain significant uh, number of uh, cows here. Mm-hmm. It's not a mega farm on the West Coast, and it's also not a small farm where you would have a co-op. So the Maryland and Virginia co-op. Had, would have about over sixteen hundred farms mm-hmm. with small numbers of herds. 
in order to be able to get an effective Chal of Yisrael, you need to have a significant herd. I've heard that the um, we have we have twenty we have seventeen hundred milking cows. Other Chal of Yisrael's um, vary in their in their numbers. Um, I've I've heard numbers, though I can't corroborate it. About twenty four hundred in in the herd. Uh, and again, when they did the mega farms in the West Coast, which is very hard, those mega farms have twenty five thousand. Those were good. You know, those were good for the for the pat, for for the Chol of Israel spray dried milk, where you need a lot, a lot of milk. Mm-hmm. Well, because you lose a lot of the volume and the no, because you know because you need you need, you need an extremely high volume for spray drying, an extremely high volume for spray spray drying, and I can tell you that the the intensity of uh, the hashgacha that we have here in Pride of the Farm is far greater than it was over there in the mega farms. Uh, I can imagine that that, that would, they just did small kosher runs there. I guess. Well, it was it's it, it's time to run for a couple of weeks during the summer, uh-huh. and then once they got they filled the uh, the, the quota, then they stopped when it went off. I see. Okay, so let, let's get back to Pride of the Farm then, because that's. Um, uh, the the, pla- the place we know exactly what's going on there. So, this might be a bit of a sensitive question, but Rabbi, what could possibly go wrong? So that's a very that's a very good question. in In terms of having having somebody being there perpetually, and having someone who is on top of the situation, that has less less issues for going wrong. If the, if, for example, that you, you would not have someone who is, um, if you will, uh, keen and, uh, didn't keep track of number one, let's say with the DAs that we, we've mentioned in our article and the conscious currents of where you've had, where you've have cows that number one would be in this distress from having their abomasin, you know, let's call it a, a blockage in their system. And they would have to go have it corrected through um, surgery, and you would have that cow recycled back into the herd, um, and that's a suffix trefa uh, that could cause a, a trem- tremendous amount of problems, especially in the case that uh, of, of a farm where if you'd have it's what they call kol kavua kemechza mechzadami, and then you have a 50-50 chance that this that, that the milk is, it, is came from right halachically speaking. Um, so, and we have ingredients that, that would go ahead in the, in, in the milking plant that if, let's say you would have compatibles between, let's say if the ice creams and whatever it is, um, you, you just need to be, be on top of your game to be able to, 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 uh, make sure that it doesn't come, um, to, uh, to bite you. Mm-hmm. Are there additives in kosher milk generally, like the fortifications and what? There is. We fortify. We have the milk, especially the, uh, the milk that is the uh, skim milk. In order to give it more color, they they will some they will put in um Israel milk powder to fortify it. Uh, there is also um at, at one at one they time add many, mil- many years they add ago. Mil- I'm I'm just trying to comprehend that. Excuse me. They add milk powder to the milk to make it milkier. To make to make give it give it a give it a whiter a whiter color because uh-huh. otherwise it would be watery. Well, maybe it looks that way, but I mean mm-hmm. it's it's you know this the way that the the, the the way the milk works is that you have to you, you skim it, you skim off all the fat, and then you add the fat back in, so you have skim with a centrifuge. And you 
That's right. And you would have you would have skim one percent, two percent. Whole milk is four percent. You know, and, and it's and it's metered back in. So in order to give it a, uh, you know, this is one 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 way that you have the mashkiach have to. We we only have chalitzrael milk powder uh, on premises. Again, if let's say you would have a compatible that they they would be making milk for other companies. Even then we'd have to make we have to monitor them in the ingredients, but we've tried to minimize it, minimize the um, the, the 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 mess up factor. All right now, let's say the mashkia chas v'shalom chas v'shalom oversleeps the two a.m. shift, or the or the or even better, someone coming in from out of town gets snowed out. What happens then? Okay, if the if the mashkiach gets totally snowed out, which has happened in the past, the the rabbi would not have uh, permitted the milk, and, he's, and, it's, and it has happened in situations where in upstate New York, where the mashkiach um, had difficulty getting to the chaliva, and uh, he missed even by a few minutes, and Rebbeinuman uh, rejected the the milk. So that would what would happen is that they would have to go ahead. If let's say there was a situation where there wasn't the, the proper witnessing of the milk. Um, we would have had the milk uh, sold off to a common carrier, uh, Land O'Lakes, or some other company that was not did not require Chol Yisrael, and uh, get the milk off premises. Mm-hmm. At Crider Farms, would they just sell it under the Crider name, or uh, no? No, we've 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 had that on, the, on you know on, on, at some, at times they we, we would have done it as a Crider, but the way that the um, the the milk works as far as uh, bottling is concerned. Although the one thing that is very important for your listenership to, to realize is that Pride of the Farms is the one who pays entirely for the the privilege of having Chalvisrael. They are paying the mashkichim. They are taking the upkeep of the t- trailers. They are paying for the premium of having Chalvisrael. They are paying for selling off the DAs. So it is basically Crider Dairy is being used as a production facility for Pride of the Farm. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, and when they go ahead and you bottle milk, you have to bottle milk in sequence. So it goes from, it goes skim, 1%, 2% whole. Why do you have to do it that way? Because they, because you, you start that, you, you start the sequence from a, from a separated milk and then you add the cream back in. Okay. You know. And so, so now, in order to avoid that, you would just if 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 something bad happens at I mean if a mashkiach misses, you would just sell off the milk to uh, correct. And that would be that. So that's an alternative uh-huh. to do. We're not. We know we probably would not look for heterim because the, 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 the mashkiach is there on the farm and he's there presently. No, I mean, we're just. Rabbi Heinemann has a, a a very important rule of thumb for your listenership to know that. If somebody expects Chol Yisrael, it's Chol Yisrael without compromise. They're not going to really look for for coolness. Mm-hmm. So if there if there was anything that was uh, they considered to be a, a mishap, the mishap would just have to be t- that they would have to take it on the chin. I see. Um, okay, that's very reassuring to know. If, uh, but I just want to go down this path a little bit more. So if that would happen, would you need to kosher everything or? So typically what would happen is because the milk would not be in, in any one Kaylee, in any one vessel, in any one tank for more, for more than 24 hours, which would then really be a, a 
a, a, a daunting task to be able to kosher holding tanks like that. Mm-hmm. We would make sure that once the milk is no longer is not there for any significant amount of time, meaning less than 24 hours, then the only thing that which you would have to do is to do which you, what they do anyway is to to, to have a, a a major wash de- washout so that we'll be able to go ahead and send, take it back to you know square one. Right. You said before that they do this between every milking session. That is uh, it, that is part that is part and parcel of the quality quality control of any dairy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now uh, tell me a little bit about the tracking measures. I know you took me to the farm once and very busy with how many pounds of milk and this and that. What, what are those numbers tracking? Okay, so they wanted to make sure that what when they they, they measure milk in the in in, in the uh, milking parlor, the milking parlor is me- measured in pounds. So they say when it goes and goes to um, the the bottling plant, it converts into gallons. Because they're, 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 and at the, at the milking parlor, they're looking at to how much output they're going to have of the milk in terms of pounds that the cow is giving to, um, to see that they're, that the, that each of the participants are really going ahead and giving it to optimum amounts. Mm-hmm. And then when they go into the, the milking parlor, they're going to how much, much bottling and how much, how many gallons you're going to get. So we want to make sure that the amount of milk that's going there is the amount is in the in, in, in the intake is going to be the same amount as the out outgoing. And so that's although that's just, yeah, that, 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 that's just basic basically that's secretarial because uh, they're not really going to the to the corner store to buy a, a you know some milk to go ahead milk to throw in and supplement it right. It's like another it's an added layer of protection to make sure that everything that is, is correct. That's the ship shape. Just an interesting thing. They measure it in pounds because they keep track of the pounds of feed that they give it, right? Well, I'm saying that they do. I think that they want to, they, they, they have each, each cow is computerized. They have a chip on it and they, then there's not a chip on your shoulder. This is a chip on your ankle. (laughs) And they're going to go ahead to see that whether or not this cow is giving from, you know, is, is considered to be a, um, it, 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 it's it's va- value for what they're 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 giving, you know. It's, and I think if they also monitor the health of the cow by how much milk they give, so they they know the whole history. Cows are being tracked by names, numbers, and the, in their history. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of tracking cows, you mentioned earlier about the DAs, the displaced abomasins. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Okay, so when the, they, the way that they typically t- tell whether or not the cow is, is in distress is whether or not they, they see that the milk uh, output has uh, dropped a little precipitously. And, uh, what has happened is, um, they will see that, that, that the cow may have had this blockage because the, uh, last, the, the last compartment of the stomach has, is dislocated. Um, and in order to go and rectify the wrong, that, that they are, it could be, um, corrected surgically. And the problem with is the surgical correction is that, it, that at times they will puncture the abomasin, which is basically making a neck of in the cava, which give, render it a suffix trafal, even though the cow has, will, will, um, be able to recuperate quite quickly. And once again, can resume its milking, but nevertheless, it's going to be putting a, a halachic, uh, Monkey wrench into the uh, into the herd. So in order for so in order for us to avoid 
any of these issues, we do not do any operations on premises. They will, the cows will be sold. And, uh, I guess then the, the person who purchases the cow has the option to go correct it or to send it to hamburger heaven. Mm-hmm. You said the people, they used to do operations on site though, and other dairy years providers. ago, years ago, we did years ago. We did a, a halachically uh, correct as they would do it in Eretz Yisrael. They would, they would not, they, they would have a mashkiach there. They're watching that the, 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 the Abba Mason was put place basically manipulated back and that there's no puncturing and that the suturing was done into the fats and not into any of the, the, the walls of the, um, uh, of the animals to not to, um, to, to circumvent any problems of having any type of invasiveness into the Abba Mason. And, um, the, uh, the question was raised is whether or not that's considered to be accepted by everyone or there was Shiloh was sent um, that behind them, actually, the the question was that was a uh, well, somebody raised it because you had to make an incision on the side of the animal, and they said that that could possibly be a what they call that there's a, a split in the Bosser Hachoyfes Rofakaris, which means that that you're if you have a split in the animal that and somewhere in the underbelly of the animal, which is Shechem say this is not the underbelly of the animal. This is actually on the side of the animal. So behind them sent the Shiloh to Rav Ozner's based in. And they refused to paskin on it, so that really put a, a kibosh in any of the uh, operations on premises, and the cows were sold off. Mm-hmm. And so you still track all these cows now to make sure there is there there is there is a very intense um, tracking um, and keeping tr- keeping record keeping for the last ten twelve years of every cow that was sold off. Mm-hmm. And so all these cows are traced from. To, because of this, okay. The way that the cows in, in, in this in this particular in this particular farm, the cows are really uh, traced from their inception, inception and conception, mm-hmm. because they're they are uh, actually having having their artificially inseminated. Um, they, they there's a company that goes and sells the um, uh, if you will call it feminine zera as opposed to masculine. I mean, basically there's a different chromosome uh, factor between a male and a female and they centrifuge out the chromosome. I was about to ask you, what's the, do they have a, what's the birth rate? Male so to there, female? There's a method. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and they have a very, very high success rate of, of birthing females as opposed to males. And uh, sometimes they do have males that they will sell off to the bull, the, the baby bulls. But in, in truth is that there are, if you would look at the, there's the babies, there are the intermediates, the juniors, then they, they're ready to, to go ahead and to birth calves and then they become milkers. And then they'll, after a number of years of, of milk, then they're retired. So there is a, there's a whole, they, they, they have their own feed. They grow their own feed. They make their own formulation. There's no chametz in the feed all year long, no chametz in the feed. And all of the babies have a, have a star yuchsen on them. So uh, it's a very, very, very high-end uh, chaliva. Very, very encapsulated operation. It certainly is. And they're, they're, although they're, they're, they're milking only 1,700 head, there's over 5,000 on the farm in total. At any given time? Correct. Wow. What are those other 3,000 cows doing? Well, as I say, you, you, babies don't give milk. Right. Intermediates have to grow up. Then you know, from then they have different step up barns, and then of course you have those that are ready to be uh, to birth. Then you have those who are milking, which is the lion's share of it, 
And then you have to, you know, you have those who are retired. So this is barn for the retirees. Mm -hmm. Okay. So talking about this, the Chalab Yisrael milk, does any of this milk get turned into other dairy products? So we actually sell milk as a, uh, a loads to cheese, Chalab Yisrael cheese companies. They will go for yogurt companies, ice cream companies, all of them. So in, in the other Mahadran, uh, areas of, of cheese, yogurts, ice creams, Pride of the Farms may not feature, uh, prominently on the label, but they definitely f- feature prominently on the product. Is there, a, what about in-house? Does any of the... In-house we do, we, we do ice cream. In-house we've done for lactose free milk, sometimes buttermilk. Uh, basically those are the, um, the other byproducts that they are using. We don't, they don't do butter, although the cream could possibly be churned into butter, but it's used, they opt to use it for ice cream. And that's um, their other quote-unquote byproduct from the holiday Yisrael. What is buttermilk? But, so they put in, the, the, the buttermilk is really the regular milk, but they put in a culture, a buttermilk culture into the, into the milk. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, well, it's, it's, you have to develop a taste for it. I don't have a taste for uh-huh. it. Just like they're going to have an enzyme to go ahead and take for, for, for a power of the enzyme to, for, for lactose free milk. Mm-hmm. You know, so like a lactate milk, the same thing is true. They have a buttermilk. Okay. So that was my next question. Lactate milk is made lactose free by adding an enzyme to digest the lactate. Right. That's correct. Makes it a little sweeter than the other milk, right? I don't know if it's sweet or not. But, uh, yeah. I think so. Okay. Um, and how is ice cream made? So the ice cream, this is what you call small batch ice cream. When they go ahead and put the the cream and they, they'll have ice cream stabilizers, put flavors. And they, they have basically it's churned. And uh, this is what you call small batch ice cream. So they call artesian ice cream mm-hmm. or high class ice cream. <laughs> Less air in the ice cream ice cream. That's good ice cream. Good ice cream. You like it. Uh, but so that ice cream production uh, needs more uh, typical industrial hashkacha with, because of the inclusion. We do it, but it's 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 small enough that we raise basically the, the mashkiach is in the same in the, in the same facility. We're not really dealing in the you know we're we're not de- dealing in in uh, in one of them uh, a mega a mega dairy that they're, they're going ahead and with many votators and chillers and. Other things. I mean, years ago they used to do ice cream novelties, but that, that has uh, given way to other quality stroll companies that are doing the novelties. Oh, I'm sorry. What's a votator? And that's where they go ahead and they basically will churn that that, that ice cream into uh, in, in, in solidify it. And they do that in the margarine. They'll do it. That's basically a churner. It, it churns and, and chills at the same time. That's correct. Okay, well, you have have to go see one of those sometime. I've never seen that before. Okay, well, next time we'll go ahead and take a look at that machine. Okay, sounds good. Is there anything else you want to share with us about this? I, I say that it's one of those things that it, it is one 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 of the the, the great things in in, in in starting a company is that when Ravarin Cutler told uh, Rabbi Yosef Tendler that when he moved to Baltimore that he had to keep Chalad Yisrael and his family had to keep Chalad Yisrael that a a, a small um, directive from from his Rebbe from the, the great Rosh Hashiva Ravarin Cutler has really turned into a burgeoning uh, industry it basically it goes to uh, Lakewood in 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 in, in extremely large numbers you know, I don't think that they would be able to conceive that that's what's going ahead 
Oh, and then one one other thing. It's an extremely popular. Rabbits and, oh. it, it, yeah, it's extremely high quality, extremely popular. And what what really was the the push was that the rabbits and tenler Allah Shalom did not like the the, the the smell of pasteurized milk in her kitchen. Mm-hmm. So she he was doing it himself up until then, and then she said, That's "You got to right. get this out That's of the correct. house." That's, That's great. Right. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, where do you see this going? Well, let's put it this way: the, 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 it it went from a mom and pop operation, you know, especially between uh, Noah Kreider and and Rabbi Tenler. Uh, Noah may he rest in peace, and Rabbi Tenler Zichron of Rocha. Um, and, and it has it has gone to a um, really high and uh, dairy as a real dairy, real dairy, real tanks, no no used equipment. It's um, the the quality is they're they're passionate about quality and they, the the way that it, that it goes. The one thing that it is that it's lim- that a producer packager is limited in its volume. They've pretty much maxed out. You know, the only other thing we'd have to do is to get a second location, which at a time where they would do it from the industrial side of things, that there's another Khaliva uh, that we will uh, utilize. Uh, obviously, it's going to be not as a 20, 24-7. That would be for the mashkiach to be there for a particular load and a particular milking. But that's the way that the business grows. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. Thank you very much, Rabbi Rosen. Uh- feel like we really got this topic very clear. Oh, my pleasure. Okay. And it's very, very interesting. Thank you for having me and uh, hope to see you again soon. Okay, I'm looking Take forward. care. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Kosher Conversation, a Starcade Media production. If you enjoyed today's podcast, why not tell a friend? They might like it too. If you have any questions about the podcast, topics discussed, or topics you'd like to hear discussed, shoot us an email at podcast at star-k.org. Hope to hear from you.